Oh, I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. See, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more praise tonight. He's worth it. Amen. Just enjoying the presence of God and what he's doing in our lives and uh, really looking forward to an incredible year. I really believe this is going to be the best year you've ever seen. Man, I, I'm telling you, through in prayer and uh, just talking to God and seeking the Word and getting you know deeper into things, it's going to be an incredibly good year. And you are at a great place that whatever it is from the past that needs to come off of your life, all right, take that step forward, get free, walk away from it, let it go. Let's let's refuse to allow the pain of the past rob us of the joy of our future. Amen. God's got a plan for your life, the hope of a future. Let's go after it and get it. Amen. Look at somebody close to you and say, I'm glad I'm here. You know, eight times in the New Testament in the King James Version, (laughs) it says, you know, let him who hath ears to hear, hear. Ears to hear. Do you have ears to hear? You know, one of the things that we've got to be very careful in our walk with God is that we learn to listen to what God says. Amen. It's hard to be in agreement with God. Amos 3.3, how can two walk together except they be in agreement? It's hard to be in agreement with somebody that you don't know what they said. It's difficult to agree with something that you ain't never read, you ain't never heard. God's trying to direct your life on a daily basis. And sometimes we are so busy and frustrated, we don't hear God. You got to train your ear to hear. And tonight, I just want to ask this question. Do you hear what I hear? What, what voice is directing the steps of your life? You know, the one that's on the throne of your life has a lot of authority because that voice will speak and you will make decisions based upon what you've heard. Remember, words turn into thoughts. Thoughts turn into emotions. Emotions turn into choices. Choices turn into actions. Actions turn into habits. Habits turn into character. Character turns into your end result, your final, final outcome. The end is always connected to the word that you began with. You can't, you can't do it any other way. If you hear God's word, you're going to have God's thought. If you have godly thoughts, you're going to have godly emotions. If you have godly emotions, you're going to make godly choices. You make godly choices, you're going to uh, perform godly actions. You have godly actions, you're going to have godly character. You have godly character, you're going to have a godly end result. You can't have great character and messed up end result. You cannot have, I know you are right now, you've got areas of your life that are messed up and you want to blame that on the devil. Unfortunately, the devil is not in control of your life. Unfortunately. Maybe we ought to rephrase that. Well, but some of us act as if we wish he was because then we could blame him for the mess we're in. Guys, your character is determining your outcome. Look at Joseph. He had great character, but every time he turned around, he popped back to the top again. 
There are other men in the Bible you can study that had nasty character, but what looked like a great you know, season of life, but it was swallowed up by their character, and they ended up living through that mess. You can't have great character and a messy final outcome. Neither can you have ugly character and a great final outcome. You can't be a college graduate but not finish high school. Hello? There's certain characteristics that you have to have to move on into college, to move that way. If you get outside of that realm, it's not going to happen. You're not going to have a great marriage with an ugly relationship. Well, let's pray. If you operate your life uh, your way, you're going to be messed up. Now, let's just be real for just a minute. Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. It seems right to us, but by the time we reach the end, and the end is connected to our character, right? You get back that up. It goes all the way back to that word. If you hear right, you're going to see right. If you see right, you're going to choose right. If you choose right, you're going to act right. If you act right, it won't be long till you live right. You're living right. You got the right result. But if we do it the way that seems right to us, man, we, we get so far from the end that God declared for us at the beginning. God isn't trying to mess up your life. He's trying to bless up your life. He, he's not trying to take you down. He's trying to take you over. He's not, he's not trying to harm you. He's trying to help you. Why is it that we find it so difficult to align ourselves with God? Because we don't really hear him. Mark 4, 24, Luke 8, 18. You can look those up later. Both of them, one says, be careful how you hear. The other one says, be careful what you hear. Why? Because what you hear and how you hear it is going to determine all the way to the end on what you end up with. If you hear wrong, you're going to live wrong. But if you hear right, you're going to live right. See, we've got to be careful what we hear. We've got to make sure that we're hearing what God is saying. He's got to be on the throne of our life. Revelation 21, verse 5. Uh, the other night, New Year's Eve, we used this scripture, and I just want to start off here tonight. It said, and he who is seated on the throne said, see, I make all things new. And we're going to stop right there for a second and just look at that. He who is seated on the throne, realize that the one on the throne is the one that has authority in your life. If you want God to correct your life, then you've got to get God on the throne of your life. Amen. We've got to be serving God. It's one thing to have a t-shirt and a bumper sticker, and it's another thing to let God change you from the inside out. Thank you for that incredible response. We got to get God on the throne. Well, God's on the throne of my life. Well, why haven't you forgiven that person that hurt you 13 years ago? Because if he's on the throne, you're walking in instant forgiveness. If God's on the throne, how come you are worried about some things? Because the Bible tells you 365 times, don't be afraid. Don't even worry. Fret not. Guys, there are areas of our life where we're not in agreement with God. And the only problem that, 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 that is uh, potentially devastating in, in, in that arena is uh, if you refuse to see where you're in disagreement with God. See, if you can see it, you can fix it. 
If you can admit it, you can quit it. But if you can't even admit it, you're in deep yogurt. See, if you sit there and you think that every message you hear is perfect for the person that you know, you've been in church your whole life and never heard one message relevant to you. See, you're in trouble because God's not being allowed to speak to you. He's not changing you and shaping you and, and, and correcting you. You got to get God back on the throne. Well, everything in my life is perfect. <laughs> and I'm willing to fight to prove it. You know, the nasty too. It needs to be adjusted by the spirit and the presence of God. We got to get God on the throne. And he said, I will make all things New. Everybody say, all things new. new. What does that sound like? All things. Think about this for just a minute. If we can get God on the throne of our life, every area of your life, you can get him on the throne. He will come make everything new. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. He's going to make all things new. The word new means unbroken, unworn, fresh, uncommon, even unheard of. That's what that word kainos means. Behold, I make all things new. God wants to take the broken areas of your life and repair them. He wants to take the worn out things of your life and renew them. He, he wants to take the common thing and cause it to be so touched by God that it is now uncommon unheard of. God wants your friends and family to look at your life and say, that is unheard of. But you got to get God on the throne. Come on, guys. You're looking at me like you're in trouble. You're not in trouble. You're on the edge of breakthrough. You're on the edge of blessing. You're on the edge of increase. God's about ready to do something in your house. It's going to be an uncommon thing. He's a holy God which means other than, other than. Holy is other than, new is uncommon. So holy and new go hand in hand. God is a holy God. He said, I want you to be holy even as I am holy. God wants you to be uncommon just as he is uncommon. When you look at God, trust me, when, when the stock market just recently had that, that, you know, their mess up, God did not send Peter down to the pawn shop with a pearl from the gate and say, Gets us some cash. He didn't lay off half the angels. He wasn't, he wasn't nervous. Why? Because he's other than he ain't, that stuff ain't messing with him. And it's not going to mess with you. Why? Because you got a God that's living on the inside of you that's going to pick you up and allow you to maneuver your way through life in an uncommon fashion. He's going to make all things, all, all things. All things. But that means you're going to have to take your hand off of all things. See, anything you hang on to, that is a thing God don't get to do a new thing with. Some of you are sitting there thinking about the stuff that you'd like God to do first. <laughs> Need God to change my wife. Well, take your hands off of her. Some of you need to put your hands on her. You, you, you need to 
Let God do in her what he wants. You got to let God, you, you got to let it go. There are some things in your life you've got to let go. Listen to me. The, the door to the miraculous, the, the, the miraculous breakthrough in your life, you're only one decision away, and it is your willingness to surrender. Just your willingness to surrender. You know, the Bible says that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. You know, the problem with that is that a living sacrifice keeps getting up and crawling back off the altar. We come to Jesus singing, I surrender all, and we lay it down at the altar, but seven minutes after the song is sung, we pick it up and haul it back to the car. We got our stuff. We got our attitudes. We have our, 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 our perceptions and our, our, and here's what, well, the way I see it. Well, the way you see it is what's got you messed up. We have to allow God to rule and reign in our life. Now, what do you want? What is your plan for my life? What is your plan for this situation? What is, what, is the, what is the step you want me to take? Isn't it funny? We call it prayer when we go to God and ask him to do what we'd like, when we'd like, how we'd like, for as long as we'd like. That's not prayer. Prayer is when you go into God's presence with God's word to get in agreement with God on that word. Prayer is when you find out from God what he wants you to do, when he'd like you to do it how he wants you to get it done. And he'll let you know when you can quit. He's on the throne. You're not. Him potter, you clay. Right? We're not trying to shape God. We're trying to get God to shape us. We need to be changed. Here we are at the beginning of a brand new year. God wants to do a brand new thing. Look at your name and say, happy new you. God wants to make you uncommon. Some of us already are, but it's in other areas that God wants to work. Get God seated upon the throne of your life. Your life becomes unbroken. Your life becomes unworn. Your life becomes uncommon. Your life becomes unheard of. Your marriage becomes unbroken. Your marriage becomes unworn. Your marriage becomes uncommon. Your family becomes unbroken. Your family will be unheard of. Your finances will be uncommon. Your future becomes unheard of. Oh, that's the plan that God has for 2009 in your life. An uncommon plan. Let's read some Bible. 1 Peter 1, verse 3 through 9 out of the message. What a God we have. Somebody say amen. And how fortunate we are to have him. This father of our master Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. Listen to me. He wants to make all things new. He wants your life to be a brand new life, an uncommon life. We've got everything to live for. You got everything to live for. I think sometimes the enemy tries to point out all this junk that's, you, you know, this kind of attached itself to you, all of the stuff that, that you're going through. That's not your focal point. Your focus point is that I have so much to live for, a brand new life. 
Oh, there's some stuff that I have to deal with every single day. But where God's taking me, it's the end that God declared at the beginning. I don't get distracted in the middle because if I do, I might quit. But if I can stay focused on the end, I've got so much to live for. It's a brand new life. Look at verse 5. Including a future in heaven, and the future starts now. Everybody say, the future starts now. Look at verse 5. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. Oh, he's watching. He's watching over what's coming. I, I love the way it puts it. He's, because sometimes we think that everything's out of control. And there are things in your life that you're trying to curse and put an end to that God's using to bring you to a specific point. That without that mess, he couldn't get you where he needs you to be. He's got a careful watch over us and the future. Stop complaining about where you're at. Praise God for where you're headed. Just, just have a paradigm shift. God is on the throne of my life. He's directed my steps. If he's directed my steps, he knew they'd lead through here. If he knew they'd lead through here, then he has equipped me to win and succeed even in this messy situation. I'm on my way to victory. Amen. He's got a careful watch over me and my future. The day is coming when you'll have it all. Life healed and whole. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Look at verse 6. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. That's your white hanky moment. Just don't look at your spouse. Verse 7. Pure gold put in the fire comes out of it. Prove pure. Genuine faith put through the suffering comes out. Prove genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. Man, don't, don't worry about the bad time. It's purifying something in you. Just let it be. Amen. Look at verse 8. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and singing. Isn't that you? You trust him? Well, look at verse 9 then. Because you kept on believing, you'll get what you're looking forward to, total salvation. Oh, come on, guys. Total salvation. Because you, just because you just keep going, just because you keep believing, keep loving him, keep trusting him, keep, keep going, you'll make it to total life. God life, total salvation. Drop down to verse 13 there, 1 Peter 1, verse 13. So roll up your sleeves. This is the part we don't like. Roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear. Albert Einstein said, thinking is very difficult work, which explains why so few people do it. That's what Albert Einstein said. I just, I'm, I'm just repeating it. It Get your mind in gear. Don't let the enemy let you get lazy in your thinking. Don't look for the easy way out. Well, if God's in it, it'll be easy. No, it won't. If God's in it, it'll take every ounce of strength you can find. God's leading you into battles you couldn't possibly win. He's leading you into situations you couldn't possibly afford. He's leading you into problems you couldn't possibly solve. Man, you walk with God, you're going to need 365 fear nots. Hello? You, can't, you cannot be a person without a backbone and walk in agreement with God. 
God is going to take you right to the limit. And when you think you can't go any further, he's going to ask you to take a couple more steps. But he is going to be there to infuse you with strength and victory. Put your mind in gear and be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Look at verse 14. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, but you do now. You don't get to live life just any old way that feels good to you. God's life is not your life. God's life is different. So we got to live God's life God's way. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at verse 15. As obedient children, let yourself be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, a life energetic, blazing with holiness. Blazing with holiness. 16. God said, I am holy, so you be holy. God said, I'm holy, so you be holy. Doesn't that sound like quite a huge request? Be holy. Even as I am holy, be ye holy. You know, I think sometimes when we hear the word holy or holiness, growing up, you know, it meant several different things depending on which congregation we were with. To be holy meant, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, if you're holy in one denomination, it was your hairstyle, uh, you know, women without makeup, uh, their dresses were so long that when they went down the dusty trail, it wiped out their path, um, couldn't track them. Uh, you know, chewing gum, everything, you know, different things were ho holy. If you were holy, you, you didn't have very much and, and you were, you know, sitting in a corner somewhere looking kind of sad. That, you know, that, that's not holiness, guys. Let, let me just define holiness this way for you, that holiness is to be in agreement with God. That's all it is. If you are in agreement with God, then you're holy like he is. If you disagree with him, now all of a sudden, since he's holy, if you disagree with him, that would make you unholy. So all you got to do to be holy, be in agreement with God. If you're in agreement with God, it will change the actions, the choices, the habits that you have in your life. But it's because you're in agreement with God, not because you're trying to become holy. But you just, because you are holy, because he's holy. Be holy even as I am holy. Be holy like God is holy. You really think God's up there, you know, checking out, making sure that he, he ain't got any jewelry on? That's, no, that's not what he's doing. So you don't have to worry about it. Be like God. To be like God, to be God-like is to be holy. Well, how am I going to do that? I'm going to get in that word. That word's going to get into me. I'm going to get off the throne, let God get on the throne. He's going to direct my steps. I'm going to be forced to do things at times I don't want to do. I'm going to do it because God wants me to, but I'm going to do it because I have a heart for God, and I'm going to be holy because God told me to be holy, and now the blessing of God's going to come in areas where I had never even seen it before. Why? Because God promised to do what he promised when I did what he said. So now I can expect some incredible breakthrough and a future that starts right now. Right now. I can embrace the fire. I can welcome the test because I keep loving and trusting him. And when I look forward to the life that's in front of me, I see total salvation coming my way. Amen. Total salvation. Look at your neighbor and say total salvation. I want to look at one more set of scripture real fast. 
Isaiah 58. Now, we kicked off the year 21 days of fasting. How many of you guys are doing that? Man, good, good for you. How many of you guys have a headache? Pray for me right now. <laughs> well, you know, when you drink 73 cups of coffee a day and then you go off of that, it has a tendency to mess with you a little bit. I thought Shelby was trying to drill into the back of my head, but then I realized, no, it's just the lack of caffeine. Okay. realize that when we're doing what God's asked us to do, there are times that even when we're doing that, we are telling God what to do with what we're doing. We're asking God to respond to what he's asked us to do. We are under the impression that if we fast, that we'll have a little edge on God and that he'll have to do then what we want. But see, during this fast, you got to realize that God's trying to position you so he can see done what he desires in and through your life. See, I've found out that every time I've tried to manipulate God, what I really needed to do was knock the snot out of myself. And then God could have control again, right? I, I, can we be honest? You go through life, you go through the year, you got all this stuff going, you get, you know, get kind of locked into what you think's gonna happen and how you think it should happen and you see some things coming together so you start orchestrating different things and it's really easy to crawl up there in the driver's seat but trust me, when you start fasting and praying and talking to God, he, he has a, it's very easy for him to nudge you back over. Listen to this. Isaiah 58, verse 6. And I'll, I'll tie this together here in a minute. Rather, is not this the fast that I have chosen? Don't you think that if we're going to be in agreement with God that we should choose the fast that he chose? Right? So we choose the fast that he has chosen, and that is to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every enslaving yoke. That, listen, this is the fast that I have chosen. To loose the bonds of wickedness. That literally means that the grip of the enemy is going to be broken, but it's broken because of what you're doing. You are breaking the enemy's grip. Why? Well, because you're bringing your body into subjection, into submission, now that the grip of the enemy is going to be broken off of your life. You are doing this. You... You are breaking the enemy's grip. To undo the bands of the yoke, uh, heavy burdens being released. This is the fast that God has chosen, that as you do what he's asked you to do, he will begin to cause the enemy's grip to be broken off of your life so that you can remove heavy burdens. I know you want God to do it, but God would like you to do it so that you are in agreement with God. You fast, he's going to speak to you, and there's heavy burdens that you've even put yourself under and put on other people's lives that God wants you to withdraw from. Hello? Can I just be pastoral for 10 minutes? You control people, you manipulate people, you hold their pasts against them, and God wants you to take a step back and let them go. Come on, guys. Let, let them go. Well, well, if I don't control them, they'll hurt me again, or they deserve this. Listen, aren't you glad you aren't getting what you deserve? I'm so glad that I'm not going to get what I deserve. Okay? I'm very thrilled about that. As a matter of fact, just a moment of revival. Okay. 
because I know what I deserve. You don't, and I'm not sharing. But um, I know you think you've learned some things about me, but you haven't learned them all. Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked that you would cover him and that you would hide not yourself from the needs of your own flesh and blood? He said, you know, look, if you can just wrap your mind around this with me for just a minute, this is the fast God has chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every enslaving yoke. This is you. You are loosening the bonds of wickedness. You are undoing the bands of, uh, of uh, the yoke. You are letting the oppressed go free. You are breaking every yoke. You are dividing your bread with the hungry. You are bringing the homeless into your house. You, when you see the naked, you are covering him. And you are not hiding yourself from the needs even of your own flesh and blood. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Then your light, light is insight revelation. Darkness is the absence of understanding. The light is going to begin to come like the morning and your healing, your restoration and the power of a new life. It's a brand new life God has for you. He wants to make all things new, but it's the power of a new life that's going to spring forth speedily. In your life, things that seem like they've been attached to you that you couldn't get free from. There's a picture in your mind, a rope, suddenly the knot is undone. What you couldn't shake off for years falls to the side because you have surrendered your life. God is on the throne. You are walking in obedience. You are doing what he said. His anointing's coming on you. It is causing you to be free as you free others. Light is beginning to shine in dark places. You're beginning to see things you couldn't see, know things you didn't know, to handle things you couldn't touch. You've got victory where there was never victory before. All of a sudden, there is a shift taking place in your life. Like the morning, your healing, your restoration, the power of a new life shall spring forth speedily. Your rightness, your justice, your right relationship with God shall go before you, conducting you to peace and prosperity. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. You're going to call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. Something about ready to happen in your world. I said, something's about ready to happen in your world. Something good. Something awesome. Wouldn't it be cool if you were in the position that when you prayed, God answered? Let me, let me tell you why I pray. I do not pray because the Bible tells me to. I just ain't that good yet. There's a lot of things the Bible says to do that I don't just jump on every day. I've got, got to be honest. You know, forgiveness, I don't know about you guys, sometimes forgiveness is an issue for me, especially if I know what you did. Had people call me up and say, I need to talk to you. I need to get your forgiveness. I say, okay, you got it. Well, no, we need to talk. No, we don't. I forgive you. Well, I need to tell you what I did. And I tell them flat out, if I know what you did, it might be more difficult for me to forgive you. <laughs> might be better off if you just kept that little secret to yourself. <laughs> you tell me, that changes everything. <laughs> 
Well, the Bible says to forget. I know, sometimes it's hard. I don't pray. You know, I can't stand here and tell you, well, the Bible says to do it, and that's just what I do. I wish. I wish I was like, I'm just not that good, and there's too many people in the room that know me, so I can't lie. But I don't pray because the Bible says to. I pray because God answers. If he didn't answer, I got to tell you something. I don't know that I do a whole lot of praying. I probably, I, you know, bless this food to my body. <laughs> you know, some of you guys, we just, did I just rehearse your prayer life? <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to mock you like that. <laughs> okay. See, now you have to deal with that forgiveness thing. Okay. We pray because he answers. God's saying, you know what? If you'll, if you'll take yourself off the throne, let me have my position of authority. I'll make all things new. Even your prayer life will be unheard of. Your walk with God will be uncommon. How do I get myself off that throne? That's what we're doing, 21 days of fasting. Not focusing on what can I have to eat, but focusing on what can God deal with in me? How can God shape me and touch me in a way that I know I heard God? I want to get off the throne because I like the sound of this. I will call and he will answer. I will cry. He will say, here I am. If you take away from your midst yokes of oppression, wherever you find them, the finger pointed in scorn toward the oppressed or the godly, uh, every form of false, harsh, unjust, and wicked speaking, if you pour out that with which you sustain your own life for the hungry and satisfy the need of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in darkness and your obscurity and gloom become like the noonday. The Lord shall guide you continually. Oh, guys, I don't know if you know how good a news that is right there. But he will guide you continually. In the drought and dry places, he'll make strong your bones. You'll be like a watered garden. Like a spring of water whose waters fill not. You'll be like a watered garden. Don't you think that's kind of what God had in mind when it came to the garden? That this would be a place where his presence would be noticeable. Where God life would grow and we'd enjoy the fruit of it every day. This is what the one who was seated on the throne said. Behold, I make all things new. God wants to do a new thing in your life. God wants to do an uncommon thing in your life. God wants to heal brokenness. He wants to restore. He wants to refresh. He wants to revive. 
I know that you think that if God really wanted that, that he'd just come down here and make it happen. But if he didn't change you first, you'd just reproduce the brokenness that you already possess. If you didn't allow God to work on you on the inside, all you do is take the good thing that he had given you and mess it up and destroy its potential and become even more frustrated with God and life than you already are. But if you can find the wisdom to say, okay, I'm going to remove myself from the throne. I'm going to let God be my God. I will surrender. Really, it's an act of repentance. You ever notice that the prophets of old only had one message? Go back and read the prophets of old. Every single one of them, they had one message. Repent. Imagine traveling around with your message, with your book of sermons. <laughs> Everywhere you go, you get it out, you break it open, lay it out there, get ready, draw the crowd, repent. That's all they preached. Matter of fact, if you are away from God, there's only one message in the book for the unbeliever. If you're not a believer tonight, there's only one message in the entire Bible for you. That is, you must be born again. That's it. But the rest of that is for the born-again believer, the ability to take God's word, apply it to your life, and come out different than you were when you went in. To repent, to change, to reposition yourself. And in God, the way up is down. The more we can get ourselves out of the way, the more God takes up residency. God has a new thing for you. God has a new thing for you. Maybe in your life, maybe in your mind, you keep hearing the, uh, uh, you know, a, a repeated voice screaming at you, well, it's going to be just like it's always been. I'm here tonight to tell you, oh, no, it ain't. No, not, not if you can surrender to God. Not if you can uh, uh, remove yourself. Not if you can release authority to God. If you can get an agreement with God, trust me, all things, all things are about to be made new. To be made new. Everything you can think of tonight, God has the power to change it, to make it better, to make it right, to make it whole. Are you willing to remove yourself so that God can add himself to your situation? I want to ask you to do me a favor. I just want you to close your heads, bow your eyes, put your book down. Close your head, bow your eyes. I'm telling you, I need caffeine. This is going to be a long 21 days, baby. I don't know who to feel more sorry for, me or Greg. He's liable to go out of business over there, have to cut off my supply. Amen. <laughs> 